0: Warning! Consumption of alcoholic beverages impairs your ability to drive a car or operate machinery and may cause health problems including but not limited to impaired judgment, organ failure, projectile expulsion of Taco Bell, limp dick, distorted recognition of potential sexual partners, and poop. Lots of poop.
1: Please enjoy this podcast responsibly. If you're happy and you know it, Papa Cook... Hey, 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 wobbly winos, and welcome to Why We're Whining,
0: the holiday bender taking you on a wine adventure.
1: I'm Tommy Lucas.
0: And I'm Lucy Zucaitos.
1: Don't hold me to this, but I think today we are whining about holiday drinking?
0: You are so smart.
1: Oh, yes. And what day of whining about holiday drinking are we on at this point?
0: I know this because I'm looking at it on a page, and it's day 17. Day
1: 17! Oh my god. Yes. I'm a little concerned that Christmas is like, what, less than a week away at this point?
0: If we weren't doing this, I would probably think it was still October.
1: (laughs) I mean... That sounds about right.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: well, um, I am going to tell you all about the wine that we are drinking today. Are you ready for this?
0: I am. Give it to me.
1: It is a French wine, Ventoux 22. I don't know why it's the 22nd of it, but this is a Ugni um, Blanc, oh. which do you know anything about Ugni Blanc?
0: Not a damn thing.
1: Great. So, well, the wine itself is a blend, but it's a blend of Ugni Blanc, which is... A, It's another name for Trebbiano, which is an Italian grape. Mm -hmm. Um, And it actually made its way to France in the 14th century. It's characterized by some tough skins. Uh And uh, it yields a very yellow but high acid juice. Okay. And the second grape that is part of this blend is Colombard, Quoi? Which is a French grape. Chenin Blanc and Gouet Blanc had a baby. Uh And they named it Colombard. And uh, this grape tends to be very light bodied and highly acidic. So we're marrying a tough skin, yellow, high acid juice grape with a light body, high acid juice grape. I think we're probably going to end up with a nice acid finish on this on this puppy here.
0: Wow. I don't know either of these grapes, so I'm kind of excited.
1: So this the region that this comes from is the Cote Gascone or yeah, Gascone. That's how you say it, right?
0: Gascogne.
1: Gascon, Yeah, sure. This one is only 11.5%. Okay. The interesting thing about these grapes, especially Uni Blanc, is that this grape is used to make cognac.
0: What?
1: Yeah. So these grapes wow. uh, have been a huge staple in France, obviously, for a long time. And they're sought after for many French producers. And they've kind of, like, the majority of their life has been to make cognac. <gasps> But in the last century, these grapes have made a comeback in terms of being used for wine production. Mm. And this kind of thing right here, this Vontu two twenty two, is doing its part in that. Okay. So this wine specifically, this blend, uses a short maceration time for the grapes and cool fermentation process. And it's topped off with my favorite aging, which is stainless steel aging.
0: Oh, yes.
1: Talk to me a little bit about the bottle. What do you see here on this?
0: First of all, I'm wondering if we should be saying 22 in French also.
1: Which is what?
0: venteux 20, vendeux. That flows kind of nicely, Sh- That out, sounds. It? That, that yeah. sounds better. Okay, so on here we've got this green label. And there's some, like, wheat blowing in the wind. There's a windmill. Mm-hmm. It's like a pastoral scene.
1: Very much so. And, like... Some clouds that look like there's some like movement in terms of there might be a hefty wind that day. There's birds flying around yep, the High window. winds for sure. High winds. <laughs> Let's pour this sucker. Oh,
0: yeah.
1: Okay. What do you think color wise?
0: I can't see in the bat cave. Oh, that's right. It looks like a glass of water to me,
1: so. You know, you're not that far off there. It does have a very, very pale, pale. I would say it's just like a. Hint of gold in there. Mm. It's not very yellow at all. What do you got on the nose there? Oh, yeah. Mm.
0: Like a melon?
1: I'm definitely getting like tropical fruit hard.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Passion fruit or star fruit.
0: Maybe even a little grapefruit?
1: Yeah, there's definitely a citrus note going mm-hmm. on there for sure. It's got a great, great nose smell. Should we get to drink it now?
0: Yes. Venture, 22.
1: Venture. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Okay. It's super easy. Great, great acidity. I love the acid profile. Yeah. I'm getting that melon on the palate. It's very refreshing. There's a little bit more fruit on the front of it, but it definitely finishes that acid punch on the back. Mm-hmm. is fantastic. I really dig this. What a this. nice
0: wine adventure.
1: I want something like rich and buttery, mm. something to cut through here, like... This with a nice bread basket of different sort of pastries.
0: I was going to say maybe a lobster with drawn butter.
1: That would be fantastic, too. (laughs) Yeah. Something to just, like... But the acid on here is so prevalent that, like, cutting through anything with that richness would be delightful, you know? Well, this
0: is exciting. These grapes that were totally unknown to me.
1: Yeah. And, like, this, like, original Italian grape marrying with this French baby grape. and. Yeah. Having a little like tropical fruit acid explosion in my mouth. I'm not mad about it.
0: The windmill on this bottle got me wondering, is there such Mm. a thing as a Christmas windmill? I
1: I don't know. Is there?
0: Oh, I'm intrigued that that's your answer because I thought you were going to talk about Christmas vacation again.
1: There's no windmills in there.
0: You're going to be proud of me. I watched about 10 minutes of it the other night.
1: I'm slow clapping (laughs) for you. Why only 10 minutes?
0: Because it was on, but I had to edit an episode of Why We're Whining. So then I could kind of see some of the rest, but I could only hear our annoying voices. Beautiful voices is what I meant to say. Anyway, so the internet told me there is um, a Christmas pyramid in the movie and someone refers to it as a Christmas windmill. Anyway, we're talking about Christmas pyramids. I didn't make that very clear.
1: Wait, I thought we were talking about Christmas windmills. No, because there's not
0: really any such thing. Just someone calls a Christmas <laughs> pyramid a Christmas windmill evidently in this film that I've only seen 10 minutes of. Great. Okay, great. <laughs> so, the German Christmas pyramids, Weihnachtspyramide.
1: What is, what are they called? Weihnachtspyramide. Weihnachtspyramide. Yeah. yeah. So,
0: this is rooted in the folklore and customs of the Ore Mountain region of Germany. Okay. Like, do you know what I'm talking about at all?
1: I have no clue. Do I need to look up a picture of this? Maybe.
0: I thought you were going to be like, well, yes, we had 20 of these in my youth. It's basically like a frame with a can... Not like a picture frame. The frame is like candle holders. And then there's that central carousel with the little like propellers at the top driven by the warm air from the candles when they're lit.
1: I literally have never seen one of these in my life until I was at a holiday party with friends this weekend. And they had like three of them. And I was like, oh, this is kind of fun. What is this? And they were like, I don't know. It's like a little thing.
0: So the carousel is like a multi-leveled thing. Often there's going to be a nativity scene in there or something else Christmassy. But the whole thing is like when the candles are lit, they make the propellers start going around and then the little carousel spins. So just a little bit about where these came from. They were originally hung from the ceiling of German families' houses and then, of course, the custom hmm. spread across Europe, mostly to Italy and England, and then came to America when people were immigrating in, like, the 1700s. But the origins actually date back to the Middle Ages. Oh. At that point in Southern and Western Europe, it was tradition to hang evergreen branches in the home to ward off essentially seasonal depression in the dark, cold, wintry months. Fair. And in Northern and Eastern Europe, they did that, but with candles. Like, that was their thing to be like, it's bright and warm and we're happy and fine. Not. (laughs) So the Christmas pyramid kind of unified the two. And early versions of it were known as the Lichtergestell, which means light stand. And this was very popular in the 18th century. So this was just a construction made of four poles Decorated with evergreen boughs tied together at the top and lit with candles, <laughs> Pull. so eventually it got a little spiffier. However, that was also like the early version of a Christmas tree. So in cities, soon after a Christmas tree becomes popular, but the mountain people made their mark on the Lichtergestell
1: Lichtergestel. Lichtergestel.
0: by adding a mechanism that reminded them of the capstans they used in mining. I guess that's like the thing that you kind of crank to get things from underground up. So basically, they added that to this construction to get our spinning element.
1: It wasn't just some bored engineer? like. Not
0: according to Wikipedia, no.
1: And Wikipedia does know all.
0: And that name came about because of the Napoleonic campaign in Egypt at the end of the 18th century. So people are like coming back from that and they have pictures of these pyramids. And so when that made it to the Ore Mountains of Germany, they saw those and then applied that name to their little Christmas construction. Is the
1: construction of it, in, like, it has to be in a pyramid shape in order for it to function in the way that it No, needs and to? it's not
0: even, like, truly a pyramid
1: shape. I mean, the pictures that I'm looking at, like, they're, they're not, like, a full pyramid, no. but they are girthier on the base, and then they go to a finer point at the top.
0: I don't know if that's necessary for their Functioning, or if that's just going from the idea of, like, a tree-looking thing. I don't know. I'm not an engineer, though I've played one in a mock trial.
1: And uh, so don't hire Lucy to do your city planning. Because...
0: <laughs> I basically know how it works.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. She did it in a mock trial once. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I need more Vontu 22. A Vauntoo doobie doo? What was sure, the word? you got it. This has been a Tom C. Lukaitis production in association with Double Daddy Studios. Thank you for enjoying this podcast responsibly. So, Von two, Von Du. Not, not, Doobie Doo. Von Tu, Von Du. Not Von two, Scooby Doo. Whatever. <laughs>